to that a few weeks ago in this series, brief series on the Holy Spirit. This is part three. She often times for us to talk about God the Father, Father, think of that, and address God in prayer. Oftentimes we address Jesus and we pray to For some believers, sometimes the work of the Holy Spirit is a little more mysterious to us. But we're knowing the Word, so we baptize the Holy Spirit. I left the red on here because usually on the day of Pentecost, we had it two weeks ago. But I asked if you leave it on there because we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. The title of the sermon is Remembering the Past for Freedom Now and in the Future. I took that partly because of Memorial Day weekend, but I, I knew I was going to preach on the Holy Spirit. I thinking about it. We look at the past. We know the Bible is a historic book. We look at the words that Jesus said and we remember them. Only Spirit calls them to our remembrance. So it sets us free now. Also sets us free forever. You know where we go. Holy Spirit teaches us that. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We say that every Sunday. We just said it just now. We reaffirm that in our affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty. I believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son, and then we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Mention the fight in God every time we affirm our faith. We sing it in the glory of God. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. The beginning now and ever shall be world without end. The doxology. Praise him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I don't usually call him the Holy Ghost. The old King James used that. I call him the Holy Spirit. He's the same person. We need to get to know him better. So that's why I'm preaching on this point. The Bible teaches us that God reveals himself to us in three distinct persons who are always one. They are always one in truth. Jesus called the Holy Spirit the Spirit of truth. And the Spirit of truth will teach you all things. So they are one. They don't ever say anything against the other. Everything that they and say and speak is true. They're always one. The scriptures tell us that. The scriptures never say there is a triune God. They never use that. It just simply states it as is. And we come in faith and believe in our relationship. We understand God the Father, God the Son, human form of God coming to this earth. And God the Holy Spirit, one who resides in one that we can be baptized. The one that Jesus said in Luke 11 earlier that I preached on, and I tell y'all, we're shepherd by preach on the word of the Holy Spirit, but I don't quote Luke 11 13. When Jesus gave us a simple invitation to how much more shall my heavenly Father, there be knowledge of Christ God, how much more shall my heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to do that? I encourage you to ask for that. They are always pointing truth. And they are always in complete agreement. We also experience God. Not only do we know in Scripture that it teaches us about God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the right in God, but we also experience God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God reveals Himself to us so that we may have a personal relationship with Him. God the Father, God the Son, 
for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is the acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Expose it. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by the conceit. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he said, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See that you walk circumspectly. That means upright. See that you walk upright. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, because of this information, therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. I'll come back to that in a moment. It reads differently in the Greek. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. Have you ever noticed how easy it is to forget things? We look at you, maybe I ain't here, so I'm not at all. We do, we forget things. Well, God's Word, again and again and again and again, uses the phrase, remind me. I'm not here to remind you. He reminds us how extremely important it is for us as believers to remember to be being filled with the Spirit. Jesus tells us here in John 14 that the Holy Spirit, He will teach us and He will bring to our remembrance the things of God. To put it simply, we will remember the helper will help us remember. The helper helps us remember. I shared several stories back a few months ago with Dr. Denison Frank. He was a pastor here at this church. Back in the 50s. He wrote a book in the 50s, I think in 1958, somewhere along in there. Dr. Denson wrote a book called Faith in These Troubled Times. He shares a story, and I recall it, but it has to do with World War II. Some of you may have read the book that I'm about to share. He shares the story in a completely different context of what I'm about to share. But it's a pretty neat story, and I'm going to make a point about the Holy Spirit with it. Dr. Denson Franklin shared this story. Shortly after World War II, a popular novel, a veil, B E L L, a veil for a diamond. It was written by John Hurston. It was written in 1944. We're told that it swept America, a veil for a diamond. A diamond was a city or a village in Italy. Now, I know how to pronounce it because I lived in Italy. Have I told you all that? I, I, I lived in Tarragona. I lived in Tarragona, Italy. So, I was there when I was six months old and left for about three years. I really don't have to finish that. Mom and Dad can use some words. But I looked it up on the internet how to pronounce it. I found it. It's a village. The story in World War II, after the war was over with, is technically viewed in the village. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Have you ever heard of it? And they all put it down. Okay, I can see it's a real popular book. But a lot of us have not discovered America in 1944, so we probably didn't know the book. Here's the story behind the book. It was a story of American units experience, American units, particularly an officer, experience in a 
attempting to bring order out of chaos in an Italian village and restore it to normalcy. Restore it to normalcy. Bring order out of chaos. Go out of time, the Holy Spirit can bring order out of chaos in our lives. How many times the Spirit of God can bring normalcy? And we're looking to restore the village, to bring it back to normalcy. The first committee of the local town of Vandal, they called on the American commander, but when they formed the committee to request some things, they did not request food, they did not request medical supplies that they were prepared for, food and medical supplies. They didn't ask for those things. Or they didn't even ask for materials to patch up their war-torn homes. Their request, Dr. Denton, and his request was very strange. They asked the commander, to get a bail for their church. From the time the war swept through, their bail had disappeared. In fact, when I looked up on the internet, Pastor Virginia stole it, melted it down, and made a rifle barrel out of the bail. That's what they asked. Not for food, not for materials. We want a bail for a death from the church. It had been their inspiration. The symbol of all their hopes and dreams. And now it's gone. Nothing else really matters anymore. They wanted a little After many difficulties, the story goes, Americans were able to find a bell. And when the villagers heard the bell, joy came back to them. Order was restored, and hope shone in their eyes. Just because of that bell. I'm going to take that and now say this. Holy Spirit is the light that reigns within the hearts of believers. He's the one who gives you those promptings, those reminders. The Holy Spirit in those times of conviction, that He reminds you what's right and what's wrong. It's those times when the, when the prompting comes from the Spirit of God that reminds you to go to the cross. Somebody lets you to the cross. Somebody draws you to come back to the cross. Holy Spirit. He's the one that prompts you to come to the cross. He's the one that is a reminder for us that of the fruit within. And he can help you that. The helper can help you. The bell rings and the Holy Spirit rings within. We find ourselves to kneel down in prayer and repent. He reminds us of the grace of God. Those are problems that don't come out of the of the Spirit of God. Prompt you realizing there is a God who will be There's a God who will pour grace all over. Holy Spirit is the one that rings the bell and reminds us of that grace. The Spirit of God reminds us of the assurance that we are children of God. Those times when you may be happy and you are walking away and you come back and all of a sudden there is a sense of the holy that I am assured.
in a chapter that I'm about to quote from you, the chapter title is Draw Me Nearer, Nearer. He gives a summary of Ephesians 5 that I just read. Remember last week we read Ephesians, yeah, Galatians, how the, the struggle is there. Sometimes we want to do things in the plan that the Spirit prompts us to and tries to pull us away, but yet we have the struggle. The Word of God promises about the struggle to walk in the Spirit. Here again, he's being honest with us, but he's telling us several things here. And Chuck Swindoll paraphrased Ephesians 5 this way. Don't be immoral. Don't be immoral and pure greed. Don't lose control of your tongue. Don't be deceived. Don't participate in evil deeds. Don't be unwise. Don't be foolish. Don't get drunk. And these don'ts tell us something about our God. These don'ts tell us that God cares more about the details of our personal life than many are willing to admit. The Holy Spirit brings these things to our attention and our remembrance because they're hurting He doesn't put all these don'ts because He doesn't like us. Puts them there because he knows you and I better than we know ourselves. So he gives us these don'ts. God then brings everything in this chapter, which I'm coming back to. I ask you to remember Ephesians 5 18. God brings everything back after all these don'ts. And he gives us this crowning point as he offers us one grand positive command. After don't, 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 and he says, but do this. What he says in that passage is to be filled with the Spirit. If you've never heard this, I want you to know that in the Greek, you can read that literally in the Greek tense. That phrase means to be, be filled. Be being filled. Spirit-filled condition does not stop with just a single experience. While we can experience God, as Jesus said, how much more should my Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? As much. Because being filled with God's Spirit is not just a single experience, but is maintained by continually being filled. That's why in the Greek Greek, to be being filled. To put it in a Wesleyan perspective, a theological understanding, is that the work of the Holy Spirit is instantaneous, but is and must be continuous. That's why you've got to keep walking with it. That's why you keep have to ask the Holy Spirit, fill me today. I'm going to mess up. I have a struggle with it. I choose. I make a decision. I go back to Jesus in conversation. And I ask the Holy Spirit to come in. That's why we can celebrate the great, powerful experience of God's Spirit, which we also testify to. But we also know that after a while, walking in this whole world, you're not walking as close to the flame as you don't work. And you get on your knees and say, Oh, Father, Jesus, the Spirit, our faith needs help. He needs help reminding him what you call him. He needs help so that he'll remember the things that Jesus said. The help. He helps us. The clothing is the work of the Holy Spirit. He gives us courage and gives us freedom. To walk in love, to walk in light, and to walk in wisdom. The Holy Spirit reminds us of freedom, the freedom that we have in Christ, which helps us now and into the future. Luke 11, 13. 
forth to my heavenly Father through the Holy Spirit to them that act. I want to ask you to practice this morning. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, help us all. 